0: Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett. My friend Elaine, she released this episode of her podcast. Her podcast is called Angus IT and she takes this humorous look at depression and anxiety and and it's wonderful podcast. I think of her as my sister from another mister. She's just a kindred spirit in creativity and weirdoness and when she released this episode a little while ago about being depressed but still being creative. I just loved her take on it, that it's different to work on projects when you are feeling depressed or down or blue, something that I definitely know I experience, you know, a little bit throughout the year, but in the winter it can be especially a potent time of getting into a funk. So I thought this would be a good one to release. And uh, yeah, she shares a lot of ideas. But I think what I admire most about this episode and Elaine and her podcast in general is that she understands that creativity and depression can be both a part of our lives and that it doesn't mean that when you're depressed, you can't be creative, that there's just a different way to approach it. And so I thank you, Elaine, for bringing up this subject and making so many great suggestions. I'd love to hear everyone what your ideas are, what your takeaways are from this episode. And of course, in the show notes, I will have a link to Elaine's podcast. All right, enjoy.
1: and welcome to Angus IT, the podcast all about anxiety, depression, and trying to be creative when you are depressed. These two seem to not go hand in hand. When we're creative, we really feel boosted. Our mind is flooded with ideas. Everything seems to be an inspiration. Even if we hit a couple roadblocks along the way, we can even look back and see them as opportunities later down the road. But when you're depressed, this road can suddenly become a small dirt path, you have no shoes, and it's raining. Add to that that even when you're not depressed, you can hit creative blocks in general, and it becomes an earthquake as well on that little dirt path. That is to say, it can be incredibly difficult to have any sort of creative bone in your body when you feel depressed because, let's face it, you are barely getting out of your bed in the morning, you are trying to brush your hair and maintain the image that you have it together. (laughs) Not speaking from experience. I am a creative individual. I have a lot of creative projects I like to have on hand at any given point. I enjoy writing, I enjoy plucking on a ukulele because, hey, I am a manic pixie dream girl at heart, and I also enjoy doing this podcast, just to name a few. But when I hit a depressive episode, which (laughs) definitely happens more times than not, I find it really hard to, I mean, let's face it care about those things, let alone dedicate time and be able to come up with any ideas. I feel like my mind is just wiped blank and that I am just one giant oatmeal cookie with eyeballs. Think about it. It's terrifying. So if I'm depressed, does that mean I just don't get to be creative? Do I not get to pursue the things that I'm actually very passionate about? And does that mean I am behind everybody else? The answer is yes, your life sucks, have a great time. No, fuck no, fuck that, fuck it all. It just means you're going to have to do something a little differently. The automatic answer is not that you are less than or that you suck. Because those responses do nothing. Of course, will I be saying those same things to myself right after I record? You betcha, but do as I say, not as I do. Okay, guys? Cool. Over the years, I have come up with a few ways that, for me, I am able to hop back onto the main road of creativity when I'm depressed, but it's been a lot of trial and error, and I highly recommend that you keep an open mind and that you try a lot of different things. Look up some other options you've heard of people just when they're in a rut, what they've done to kind of regenerate ideas, and maybe see if that helps you as well. I would just like to throw my hat in the ring here to see if I can possibly help you get that little noggin back into creative imaginement. (laughs) Sounds like a nightmare, actually. Let's just go to just normal ideas, right? When I'm depressed, I become very apathetic about the things I used to be interested in, which is like one of the main symptoms of depression, which means it's really hard to maintain things I like. If you want to be a writer or perfect any kind of craft, really, you want to put the time into it. You want to practice. You want to care about it. And it can sometimes be crushing when you think something is your life's true passion, and then you get depressed and suddenly you don't care. And you think it means you must not want it enough. But see, people say that in movies, but they also don't have depression. And I think it's important also to note that in those movies, they're like, you will do whatever you want to get it. And a lot of people will say that in their inspirational talks as well. I think you have to be careful how you interpret that information. I think that the helpful interpretation there for those speeches is that you really should give it your all and you should not be afraid to try and put out your little head of the train window to see what's coming. Actually, don't do that. Don't stick your head out of train windows. That was an awful analogy. Uh, Step over the line occasionally if you have to or something risk taker if it's calculated and you're not like being too risky because that's also a side effect of depression. I am doing a horrible job explaining this, but like, you know what I mean. You gotta like take a chance, make a change. All the other lyrics from the Kelly Clarkson song in the Hillary Duff movie. <laughs> Love that thing. Basically, the helpful interpretation is it's okay if you're a little afraid, but if you're afraid, it probably means it's good for you. I think an unhelpful interpretation of the idea that you should do everything and if it means something to you you will literally do everything to get it is that it doesn't really include a lot of self-care in there and depressed people and anxious people and you know normal people in general too need to have self-care they need we need to step back and we need to log how we're doing, and for us, it takes a little bit extra to make sure we're maintaining our day-to-day functionalities. To think that because you have to spend time doing that, which means you aren't technically giving your all to this thing, and yeah, maybe you start to feel apathetic towards that passion, but you're also not washing your clothes, which might I add is very artsy of you, so like, they kind of cancel each other out, am I right? But... That doesn't mean that you weren't meant to do it, and it's not a reflection of your talents. It means that your brain is going, got a chemical imbalance, womp. Just like that. That is how my psychiatrist explained it to me. Song and all. It just means your brain has a chemical imbalance happening, and you are going through the effects of that, and you can still love it. You're just having a little side adventure a side quest if you will from your creative main highway Ooh, car analogies (laughs) i know a lot about this subject and am not terrified of where i am taking us sometimes we have to give our brain a break so that it can recoup and we can get distracted very easily if we feel like other aspects of our life are falling apart Sometimes we overgeneralize what that looks like, and maybe it isn't actually falling apart, but that's how it feels. When you're depressed, it's very easy to be distracted, mostly because you just kind of feel this weird, empty weight within you that takes up a lot of your attention because it's like, what the fuck is this? And it means you're not able to really focus on other stuff easily. There's a lot of, eh, I don't care kind of things. I guess the main question now then is, okay, You know you have to take care of yourself. You know that it's okay if you don't give it your all in that sense. But what do you do with that information? That's great to know, like, oh, I should sit and drink some tea. But what now, lady? And I get it. Calm down. Okay, let's not be so aggressive. I'm sorry that just makes people more pissed doesn't it like it would make me pissed or people were like calm down I'd be like shut up I will throw this glass bottle at you that was specifically aggressive so I do apologize and let's just move past let's move past this moment this is where we can branch off into a couple different ways to get your mind back on track One thing I recommend is narrowing down to one project. Kind of like I said, I have multiple things happening at once. And if I start worrying about all three to five of my creative projects, I'm like, holy fuck, I have no ideas for any of those things. Well, they're very different, and that requires a lot of energy, which when I'm depressed, I don't have a lot to give out. I would focus on one of those, sit down, and I would dedicate one hour to just writing a brain dump. I am such a fan of a good brainstorm session, and what I do for my brain dumps is I write a bullet point list. If I think I'm just staring at the paper and I have nothing, I'll set a timer and I have to write every idea that hits me, even if it is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever thought in the entire world which happens often, might I add. And you'll be surprised that when you look at your list of shitty ideas, you can see how maybe idea one could pair with idea seven to actually make a cohesive idea. And then what you do is you keep matching up your ideas or fusing them or seeing if, like, one mentions spaghetti. You're like, oh, spaghetti, that's stupid. But hey, Italian cooking, pizza, what if I make a pizza rap album? And then you're like, oh, my God, I'm a genius. And that is how Eminem's career began, From Mom Spaghetti to Stan to singing with Rihanna about tying her to the bed, peeing on her, and burning down a house. What an inspiration, am I right? So don't be afraid to do some of the classics, which I know it's probably something you've heard before, but a lot of the times when we're depressed, we're like, I have already done that. You've heard it, but maybe you haven't actually done it. Give it a go. Write down your bullet points. Maybe even set it, you know, an hour is pretty lengthy. That's gross. Do it for five minutes. See what happens. Another thing I would recommend is consuming media. A lot of the times we can enter a routine where we're just pumping out idea after idea, and we're not listening to what our peers are doing. We don't even know what's happening in the world. You can read the news, you can just listen to other podcasts, maybe get some different Spotify playlists blasting through your car in the morning. I don't know what that accent was, but we are rolling with it. it Just switch it up. Read some books. Read some books that are different than you normally read. Just start going through different articles, Twitter feeds, what have you. But you need to switch up the media you're consuming because you've probably hit an echo chamber of the same idea and you're not hearing other people's perspectives. You have nothing you can even react to. A lot of times our art is in reaction to something we hear, experience, see, connect with. You need to find more stuff to pull from because you're probably used to what you're seeing and it's just always nice to switch up the environment. This could also doubly be good for you if you are maybe watching a lot of negative Instagram stories. Maybe it's time to find some really intensely positive Instagram accounts to the point that you're like, can I get some crackers with this cheese? The answer is yes, maybe some wheat thins or a good Triscuit. Mm. But it would be a perspective that for you is very different right now. And maybe at that point you're like, okay, I don't like this person. They're super annoying and happy and peppy. Like, ew. We stand, though, at Angus IT. But, you know, maybe that's how you feel. And then you realize they say something one day and you're like, oh, shit, that reminded me of this family vacation I took where we bought a giraffe, which I don't know how you would forget that. But let's just say you did. And then that inspires your next short story. Don't be afraid to expand beyond your comfort zone. It's also a very easy way to do that without actually having to talk to people. It's just clicking some buttons, y'all. It's great. It's my favorite kind of socializing and expanding. Not actually doing it face-to-face and doing it in my velour jumpsuit. Yes, I own a velour jumpsuit. I'd rather not talk about it, as in, I would like to bring it up whenever possible. The next thing that might be blocking you is that you are being too harsh on yourself. You probably do have some good ideas but because you are already in a mindset where you don't care and possibly are like, ew, you might not like the ideas you're coming up with. I would recommend getting a trusted colleague or friend or even trying an experimental five minutes where you don't judge anything you write down similar to the first point and see if those people can help you. They have the unbiased opinion of thinking you're not a piece of shit, and they might be like, hey, yeah, no, that could be a cool idea. Here's some ways you could expand upon that. It actually reminds me of an exercise we did at She Podcast Live that was all about. Content creation and creating a roadmap. One of the exercises we had to do was stand up and talk to somebody and be like, Here's an idea I have. And then they had to offer you three ideas to expand upon that. And that was so eye opening because I talked to so many different people who weren't necessarily in the mental health, self help comedy field. Um, One of those people was Casey. Hey, Casey. And she was super helpful. I have a lot of cool ideas based on the thing I chatted with her about. And it just opened up my eyes. that, like, oh, yeah, I sometimes can live in a bubble without thinking about it. And other people think differently than I do. So why not use them? Why don't I be a dementor for creativity and suck it out of them and then use it for my own evil purposes? Don't be afraid to talk to your friends, your family, people you trust, to use them as a soundboard for your possible ideas. Maybe they can even help get an idea out of you. They can be like, hey, I remember you were talking about what if you went to Italy for the summer? You could use that as inspiration for this weird papier-mâché thing you're doing because you love papier-mâché. I know that about you. Your hands are always sticky. I hope that's why. Another tool I would recommend is looking up different content maps or methods for creating the structure of the art you want to do and then trying them out. I know that for books, there's the snowflake method. It really breaks down how to create your plot. And it might be helpful for you to have some help, like a a good crutch for a twisted ankle. And that can be a really good ground board. I think sometimes we forget that we can keep using these tools. Uh, I think there's some kind of stigma around, well, if I'm an expert, I no longer practice or do anything to better myself because I'm already the best. Like it's okay to go back to the basics because they're there for a reason. They work. There's tons of templates out there for podcasting as well, blog writing, any kind of creativity thing you want. It's out there. Google is just expansing, expansing. Wow. Just like my vocabulary, everybody. Fill out a couple of them and just see what feels best. You might have to compromise on an idea, too. You might not feel great about it, but I think it would be worth sometimes to just stick with an idea and just realize that, hey, you're depressed. You kind of fade everything you do right now. And the thing is that you do know that you love this, even if it's not coming forward right now. And this is the best idea you have. And you are now going to work with this idea. It might shock you and turn into something great. And if you don't like it, then you at least tried. And that is actually something to be proud of. You didn't waste your time. Again, it is the art of practice and making yourself the crafted artisan that you are. I think it's really hard for us to think of that not as a waste of time. Time is very precious, but I don't think that's a good healthy outlook when you're in these kind of moments. So not a waste, but a base of buttery knowledge all over your fleshy turkey body. So let's say you do all that and you finally have an idea. And you're like, okay, well, I came up with an idea. I still feel uncreative. How the fuck am I supposed to actually move forward with this idea and complete it? That is where you are going to need to pull a lot of tools and use what works for you best. Now, I'm about to get real self-help bookie on you right now, okay? Gretchen Rubin wrote a book called The Four Tendencies. There are four different tendencies she found most people have. One is the rebel, one is the upholder, one is the obliger, and one is the questioner. I am an obliger, which means, in short, I need to have external factors make me do things because I won't do them for myself. Sometimes I will, but mostly I would be more prompted to do something if a deadline was over me or if I thought it would affect another person as opposed to just me. For creativity, I know that that means I probably need to have an external force over me. I either need to put down money for an event so I have to have something ready by then. I need to tell friends to nag me or join a writing club or do something where I have deadlines where I have to turn in something and... Lo and behold, even if it's the night before, and I'm super depressed, I can't let those people down, nor face the shame of not showing it there. And I'm gonna make it happen, I'm gonna create the thing, and I'm gonna submit it. Now that might not work for who you are, so whatever has worked for you in the past, it's the one thing that's like, above all else, even when I'm depressed, the one thing that I always have to do is X. Then find a way to apply that to your project. Find a way to put fire under you without it being negative or in a way abusive to yourself. I think there's nothing to be gained by just being like, you're a piece of shit if you don't do this by X. That would be like me trying to run a marathon tomorrow with literally not having ever done a run. Like that just would be stupid. I'm not setting myself up for success. So make sure you're actually setting yourself up for success. I've used social media also as a good accountability buddy. I'll announce I'm doing something and I won't have it done. And then I'll be like, cool, I have to get this done now. So I'm going to do it. This is also another opportunity when you're cleaning out your social medias to find people that inspire you. Maybe you find your mentor is working on a project and you're like, that actually does kind of look exciting. And I wish I could do that. You know what? Maybe I'll work a little bit on this project. And that's another thing I'd do, time block your days. When you're depressed, you can kind of sit on your couch and lose track of time. But if you set alarms on your phone that you can at least look at, even if you snooze the first couple, at some point you're gonna kind of get annoyed at your phone and you're like, fine, I'll go do it. It doesn't have to be a perfect process. It doesn't have to be exact, but you just need to set aside a time and maybe just try to put down anything and just expect that it might not be the best work you've ever done, but you're moving forward. And again, some work is better than no work. And I am just really in these moods because I'm doing nano right now. I don't know if you've heard, I'm doing nano (laughs) right. I feel like I'm talking about it every other second. So my apologies. I love nano because of this. It shuts off your inner editor and just makes you do the damn thing and not overthink it and call yourself a piece of shit. I think it is so good for all aspects of life. For me with depression, it's just been so good to move forward with my creative projects, knowing that I might not love something I'm doing currently and I might not like myself, but that doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. And I'd rather try to move forward and continue to practice. You might have two different creative tendencies. One flow works when you're not depressed, maybe you have the energy and you do things a certain way, but when you are depressed, you need to figure out what that routine has to look like. And once you have that nailed down, It will flow so much better than you thought it could. It might not move as fast or it might not be as pretty, but it's still gonna move forward. I'm also a big fan of just trying completely different things that are so not like my creative projects. You might be someone who writes a lot, And you go do a woodworking class and you're depressed and you're like, okay, well, I got out of my bed. I already looked like a sleepy lumberjack, so this is fine and I don't care. But usually loud knives around you tend to inspire some sort of inspiration to not chop off your hand. Or you might even try learning a new language, just something to work your brain in a different way. I know that my friends and I in college used to just start drawing and doodling to get our brain to take a break from the one way we were trying to use it to be creative and stretch it out doing a different creative thing. I think drawing is actually perfect for when you're depressed because, again, you don't have to feel the burden of planning something, going to an event. If you feel good enough, definitely do that. But if you're not there at that stage, I would recommend the doodling and just see what comes up. Look up a silly prompt, and then you have to draw that. And then, like, you post it to your friends, and you're all like, you suck at drawing, unless your thing is drawing. Everyone's a great drawer. You all suck. I don't know. I don't know anything about art. I'm just here pretending. (laughs) Oh, God, what have I done? I'm sure your doodles are precious, and it doesn't have to be good. That's the thing. If you're not a drawer, who gives a shit if you're drawing something good? It's another way to stop criticizing yourself and to stop all that nonsense and to try to move forward. My only other tips aside from that would just be overall depression management. I think it is always important to make sure that you are talking about what you're going through with a trusted person, whether they be a professional or a friend. And I think that doing things overall to maintain your health really do reflect in your day-to-day work. Exercise has always been such a great thing for my depression. I finally broke my three-month no-working-out streak. And I did a 25-minute yoga video. I kind of hated it, but at the same time, I feel so great. And I loved it. And I remember now why I do it, because the level of mood shift I felt was so impactful. I did it right before I went into my writing, and my writing was so much easier because the blood was flowing, and I had different chemicals in my brain. Make sure that you are working to manage it as best as you can to your best of your ability, because how you treat yourself will reflect in your work. If you don't want to try and you're not sure how, I would recommend reaching out to someone who can help you because it's okay to ask for help. I have definitely had moments in my life where I did not understand what was going on and I didn't see why I should care. And I was just like a confused sweatshirt blob that had cheeto dust on her fingers. But then I got help and I've talked to friends. I have talked to my primary care physician therapists, and now a psychiatrist. Each time I have gone, I have not regretted it. It has always been helpful. I think most importantly, it's just good to get outside of your own head because we are used to the universe and reality that we have created for ourselves and it's not always a true reality. So make sure that you reach out and take care of yourself and just know that your creativity will bounce back. Depressive episodes do not last forever. You will come back out of this and Even so, you are still able to keep moving forward with these projects, even if it's going to look different. So you can do this. It is possible because I have done it. I've had friends push through it and it's not pretty. It's not glamorous, but it is possible and you can do it. I promise. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Angus IT. I want to know, have you ever had the creative block and been depressed? How did you push through? If you had any other additional ideas, I would love to hear them because I love to steal ideas. Again, creative dementor over here. If so, you can hit me up on my socials at Angus IT and let me know or send me an email at Angus IT at gmail.com. I hope you have a wonderful day and you just have a creative spirit shoot through you and do create the most beautiful prose of your life and i hope that you wanted to be a writer because if you wanted something else i'm sorry you were stuck with the prose and that is your life's dream now okay you have no choice i hope you have a great rest of your day and i will talk to you next wednesday
0: bye So I want to send a big thank you to Elaine for letting me share this podcast episode of hers from Angus IT. Thank you to everyone for listening. I look forward to sharing lots of new amazing creative people, wonderful vibrant visionaries in 2020. Feel free to share this podcast with any of your friends who you think might be into this. That's actually the actual way that podcasts get on people's radars. I know that you could certainly leave a review on, um, you know, Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to this. And that's great. I mean, if you want to leave a five star review for the podcast, I will not stop you. But sharing with a friend, sharing with other creative spirits is really the way to spread the love and let people know about the podcast and how, you know, we can build this community. If you want to give me a little gift of the new year, that would be it to share the podcast. You can send your comments and ideas to me at coach at You can find the podcast at VibrantVisionaries.com and you can also join me on Patreon and in our Discord channel and those links are all at VibrantVisionaries.com. All right, have a wonderful rest of 2019 and I look forward to sharing more of these creative conversations with you in 2020. So this is Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett out. Ciao!